Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. Father, we thank you for your tangible presence. We enter your word with reverence and yet with boldness because you asked us to come boldly, confidently, not in ourselves, but in the finished work of Christ by the blood of Jesus. As we go into your word now, I humble myself afresh under your mighty hand. I pray for fresh unction and anointing on my heart and on my lips so I will speak as I should as an oracle of God. I ask the same unction and anointing to be upon the ears and the hearts of all who will hear me, those who are physically present, as well as those who will hear me remotely, electronically, so that your word will flow freely from you through me to your people to do an internal and eternal work in every heart, including mine, in particular. To cause our wills to become more humble, minds to be more enlightened with revelation knowledge, emotions to be more tempered and controlled by the power of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I further pray that as I speak, the power of the Spirit of God be released in great as well as in sufficient measure to back these words, following them wherever they are heard and released in all the earth. Power that will heal, power that will deliver, power that will break yokes, power that will free men so that they will become doers of these things which they hear and are hearers only. I further pray for mercy to be faithful, to deliver the word with precision, to redeem the time and say only what you want me to say. Bringing out the treasure of this word, things new and old, as a scribe instructed unto the kingdom. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. And all those in agreement with me receiving every blessing I mentioned that prayer in their individual lives, all individually agreed and said, I have a present truth message I'd like to share with us today in laying hold of the hope of glory. I'm going to begin in the book of Hebrews and I will start in chapter 6 and I will read from verse 13 through 18 hebrews chapter 6 verses 13 through 18 for when god made promise by abraham i didn't hear you folks it's always good to say god's word say for when god made promise to abraham because he could swear by no greater he swear by himself saying surely everybody scream surely Blessing, I will bless thee, and multiplying, I will multiply thee. And so, after he had patiently endured, everybody said patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Wherein, wherein, Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise 
Turn to your neighbor and say, that's you and I. The immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it was impossible, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, but sure and steadfast, which entereth into that within the veil. We are standing at a time of human history, waiting, like the scripture says in the book of Romans, the whole creation is waiting and travailing in pain for the manifestation of the sons of God. This is the hope. And here, in the book of Hebrews, Paul tells us that God willing to show more abundantly to us. Not to Abraham. Abraham had got his own promise of Isaac. So the promise, this was not a promise to Abraham, it was a promise to us. God had already fulfilled his promise to Abraham by giving him Isaac. Then he asked Isaac to put Isaac on the altar. He did. He provided a ram. He killed, you know, he killed the ram and said, then he said, look, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to multiply your seed. Your seed, all nations of the earth shall be blessed, which has happened through Israel, through the Lord Jesus Christ coming. But there was more. He said to us, all that already happened by the time Paul was writing Hebrews. So he wasn't talking about that. He said, to, to show to us the heirs of the promise, more abundantly, the immutability. The word immutable, those who are, uh, my wife is a PhD in English, it means it cannot change. Immutable means it can never change. The immutability of his counsel to show that it can, he, he, it is something he is certainly going to do. Nothing in heaven or earth can change it. He confirmed the promise to us, the heirs, he confirmed it by an oath. God doesn't lie. So even if he just says it's already true. But because what he promised us, honey, was so great, was so wonderful, that as we wait for it, before we see it, the, the human mind will have a tendency not to believe it. Not to believe that it can happen. So in order to steady us, he now confirmed the promise with an oath. That I know it's going to be tough for you to believe. When the time comes to the heirs of the promise, not, not to Jesus, not to, not to Abraham, not to Israel, their, their own promises, some of it has already been fulfilled. But to us, the heirs of the promise. He said, to steady you. I'm confirming what I'm, this promise. I, I've said it, I cannot lie. But I want to now confirm it with an oath. Now God has told us we should not swear. Jesus said, don't swear. You cannot make one head, hair white or black. He said, don't swear by heaven, you know, because there is the throne of God. He said, don't swear by the temple 
for he, he dwells therein. He said, don't swear by Jerusalem. He said, it is the city of the great king. But there is one person who is allowed to swear, God. And because there is nothing else bigger than God, so he swore by himself. Oh, glory to God. It's a serious business. And by the time I finish the message, you'll understand. Now, you see, now as we wait for the glory of God, I now appreciate the scripture. And that is why I'm preaching this message I've been instructed to. You know, when you're waiting and you haven't seen it, you want to hear God. Can this thing even, you know, those thoughts come to our minds, although we should, you know, we cast them down and all of that. Then he reminds me, he said, I swore by myself. I swore by myself. This is not, I'm going to repeat myself, the promise of Isaac. Isaac has already been born. It's not the promise of Israel. Israel has already been made a nation. It's not the promise of Jesus. Jesus has already come. It's a promise to us. And Paul, by revelation, he reveals to us what this is. He said, we might have the reason why he added the oath to the promise is so that we can, when we have a tendency to want our hands to be slack, when we have a tendency to want to, uh, can, 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 this, can this be so? Can it actually happen? That oath and that promise will strengthen us. And he says here, that we may have a strong consolation. Strong encouragement. Strong inner strengthening to who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope. And that's the title of this message. Laying hold of the hope of glory. To lay hold. That is, you bring it, watch this, prof. You take it from the realm of hope to the realm of reality. Hope is something in the future. But when you lay hold on a hope, you now through faith, you now create it. And then it comes into physical manifestation. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And he said, this hope, in verse 19, is an anchor for our soul. Both sure and steadfast. And this hope is a hope that reaches within the veil. Why do we need it? The soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. Because you're living in this physical realm, the Bible speaks about the prince of the power of the air. Thoughts will come to you. Thoughts of fear. Thoughts of doubt. You see, a temptation is not a sin. It's if you yield to it. So the apostle Paul tells us in the book of Second Corinthians, he says that casting down imaginations, bringing into captivity, Every thought to the obedience of Christ. So the thoughts will come. It is when it comes, I pass the test by bringing it into captivity. This hope is the anchor for my soul. The anchor for my will. The anchor for my mind. The anchor for my emotions. So that my will, my emotions, my mind will not, will not, will, will not waver before the glory comes. Now, what is this glory? Uh, you see, now I have greater clarity of revelation. We'll talk about that next week when I go on 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where it says we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. 
One, one, one thing God wants us to do is to grow up spiritually so we stop seeing through a glass darkly and then we see face to face. It means clarity of revelation. It doesn't mean knowing everything, but it means having, being very clear in your mind of who God is, of what God has promised, and of what God wants. So God, by his grace and mercy, has given me, yet I, yet not I, but the grace of God gives me clarity of revelation of what this glory is. It is not an abstract thing to me anymore. It was years ago. I remember reading that scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, which I quoted when I was praying over the offering. I didn't know what it meant. You know, I really, you know, I just, I, you know, I, I knew what it said, but I really know what it meant. It says that, you know, God has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God that is in the face of Jesus Christ. At that time, I didn't understand it. I first heard it, I must be honest, and I like to confess, and I like to give honor to God. The first person I heard that, quote that scripture was Kenneth Copeland. He preached it in Kenneth Hagin's camp meeting in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1980, and I was in the congregation. I remember, you know, he was teaching about life, light, and love. So he went to that scripture. I, in fact, quoted it many times during that message. I the glory in the face of Jesus. I didn't, I didn't really fully understand it. But now, 42 years later, by the grace and the mercy of God, I have clarity by the grace and the mercy of God of revelation of what the glory is. And it's when you have the clarity of the revelation that you now understand the need for the oath to, accom to accompany the promise. It is beyond human imagination. Now, what is this glory? What is this hope? Colossians chapter 1. You know, that's why I love the Bible. One of the reasons why you know the Bible was written by God is, you know what? It interprets itself. You don't have to put your own interpretation on it. Every question you have, there's another scripture somewhere that answers that question. <laughs> the Bible interprets it. You, you don't have to put your own interpretation on the Bible. That's why the scripture says in 2 Peter, in chapter 1, it says that the scripture is of no private interpretation. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The whole Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So you, if, you have, if, you have, if you have a, if God says something, glory, there is a definition of glory somewhere in the scripture that will let you know what he means by that glory, not your own human interpretation. And here in Colossians chapter 1, in verses 27, 28, and 29, Paul, again, let's give the Apostle Paul a super clap offering. He tells us exactly what it is. He said, to whom God, oh my God, I said, to whom God would make known what is the riches, <laughs> oh hallelujah, of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, then he tells you what he says, which is, what is the glory? Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. But he doesn't stop there. If he stopped there, you say, well, I already have Jesus in me. Which is true. But he doesn't stop there. In verse 28, he goes to explain it further. Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in a few wisdom. In all wisdom, in all 
all. That's why you know the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I need to pray for it daily. And, you know, we pray every, every day, you know, that God give me afresh, you know, and increasingly more in all wisdom that we may present a few men. This is the mystery. Every man. This is not collective. It is not corporate. It's individual. That we may present every man. I didn't hear you folks. Perfect in Christ Jesus. Verse 29. Whereunto I also labor. Now, that was the focus of Paul's labor and ministry. Striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. To give us further clarification. So, you know, that's why I love the Bible. It doesn't give you room for your own human unbelief and interpretation. You know, this is why this type of knowledge which I say I have, and I yet not I, but the grace of God which is with me, you know, and not only I, any other person can get it, and that's why I'm teaching it, you know, is, is what is known as epignosis. The word epignosis in the Greek means perfect, precise, exact knowledge. In fact, it is interpreted as exact knowledge. Now, that's why it's epignosis. There is a Greek word which is called gnosis, which is knowledge. And that's what he uses in 1 Corinthians 8 when he says, knowledge puffed up is not epignosis. Because you cannot get epignosis and be puffed up. It's not possible. Because the only way of getting epignosis is through humility. So, but with, with gnosis, which is knowledge, but not complete knowledge, not exact knowledge, you can become puffed up. So he says, knowledge puffed up is gnosis. But when this one he's talking about here is epignosis. It is exact knowledge. The exact, it doesn't mean we know everything. I don't know everything. I don't know what's going on in Mars right now. <laughs> Just to give you an example, you know. And, and it's not relevant to me. But God knows what's going on in Mars. God knows what's going on in Neptune. God knows what's going on in Jupiter. That's why he's God. And he's omnipresent and omnipotent and omniscient. I'm not. And when Jesus was on earth, he wasn't. So we were not talking about, uh, about, about being omniscient. We are talking about having exact knowledge about specific things that God has revealed to us. Particularly about this glory that he wants us to lay hold on. That he had to swear by himself. Add to his promise a, an oath to stabilize us. So that when we are... Uh, as an anchor for our soul. So our will, our mind, and our emotions will not drift. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious, transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies, and articles available on our website, spcconline.org. Thank you, and God bless you.